0: Hello everyone, here with another podcast, here with a guest, Evan. Uh, How are you doing today, Evan?
1: I'm doing great, how about you?
0: Doing well, Uh, you know, happy with the Yankees' progression after a rough start, Uh, you know, back at it, nice series against the Astros, who stole their World Series hopes about three or four years ago, so that's good, that's a good start, you know, uh, we had a, actually that's a rough start, Uh, it's a good start to a new part of the season in which we step it up. John uh, Carlos look great, and the uh, teams look great. So yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Now on to you, Jay. How you doing?
2: Doing good. Phone's going off. Notifications very popular today. Yeah. Now uh, I'm happy. Took two out of three from Houston. It's it's something that I think we needed to do. Could have swept them. You know. I think I think with this Yankees bullpen, you kind of expect to win the game when you hand them the lead. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we took two out of three. We, unfortunately, we lost the Garrett Cole game. That's the one game we thought was an automatic win. But, uh, we take that. You know, we've won, we won five in a row prior to that. So, uh, we're looking pretty good. I'm doing good, though. How about you, Connor? Yes, I'm sure. doing
0: well. Uh, yeah, the Yankees won the series. Uh, you know, took two out of three from Houston, as I mentioned before. But the bullpen wasn't really a... Uh, you know, it was a soft spot this game, but it's not something you're going to look back at and uh, linger on because the bullpen hasn't been an issue thus far. Um, But I think what has been an issue is productivity in the corner, uh, not the corner outfield spots, rather the two outfield spots, uh, center field and left field. Um, You know, Clint Frazier and Aaron Hicks respectively actually had good games today, but other than that, they have not been um, great, those two positions. I mean, people have been platooning there. It hasn't been Anything specifically great. Uh, I do have trust in Clint Frazier to pick it up. Uh, personally, I'm not an Eric Hicks a, fan. I never have been an Eric Hicks fan. Had a good last two games, Clint Frazier. Oh, of course he had a good last two games. But Hicks actually had played well today, though. Hicks did play well.
2: Hicks. Uh, maybe they're turning around or something. You know, uh, Who exactly, knows?
0: I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I have more confidence in Frazier turning it around than I do Hicks, considering Hicks has had seasons like this in the past. And just didn't turn it around to where Frazier has always been hot. And I think he's just getting off to a slow start.
0: Yeah, Frazier has a lot of power. He's still young. You know, Aaron Hicks has been in the league for yeah. eight, eight to nine years. Wasn't ever a great hitter if you look at, if you take batting average into account, which I don't think is the most important stat, you could argue that his OPS is all right over the past three years. But I don't like the cherry pick stats. Overall, he's been good defensively. I mean, lately, he's actually had a slow start out in the outfield. He hasn't yeah. Been he hasn't been great defensively this year, but actually, I do think he'll pick it up uh, defensively. Uh, the thing, the thing with
2: Clint, the thing with Clint is his like like ninety percent of his game is just confidence based. Oh, if he has course. a good swing, if he's a good swing, and the fans are with him, and he made a good play on the field, he comes at the plate and he has a productive at bat, and he does something. He hits the ball hard.
0: Well, maybe that's why he, he dives he, out for every play to make himself look well, good to gain confidence because he fucking. But he, he has dives a you know. Pitch.
2: Right. When he has a stretch of like oh for 11 with six strikeouts, it's very tough for him to mentally get out of that. You saw him in the dugout. when he hit that home run, he was so like relaxed. he was talking to Spike Lee behind the dugout. He was just so you could just tell So a lot of it's just mental with Clint Frazier and I think that once he gets over that hump of like you know he's very hot and cold Clint Frazier Hicks i i've said this before i'm not sure if i've said it on the pod i think hicks is a damn good center fielder productive walks a lot high ops guy like mid to upper 800s and he and when he's right he plays good defense with a strong arm so i mean i, I you know these two guys you know I, I never want hicks in that three hole again that's an experiment that we're never doing it again mm-hmm. um hicks got bat ninth or something i don't know I don't know what bad. You a good him.
0: on base percentage. You get him in ninth. He gets on base for DJ. I mean, in the best case scenario, the guy gets on base a lot. But what me and you agree on, I don't know if Evan does, and we could hear your opinion after this about it. I think Aaron Hicks. So do you, Jay? Respectively, we both think that he's just—he's basically a waiting room for Jason Dominguez, the Yankees' top prospect. 18 years old, or I think he might have just turned 19, 18 or 19. Has ton of pop. Mm-hmm. Uh he's the—you know—they call him the Martian. He—he—he he, he seems to be a future. Mike Trout with his speed, his Oh uh, no, 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 his no, defensive, no. I Let's, mean, not, do Let's no, not do this. Let's not do this. No,
1: I think I think he has a very a valid point. I do not think you have seen a full grown human like that at nineteen years old hitting no, no. As as I'm not does, talking about his physical I'm not talking about his physique. Comparing him to a future
2: Mike Trout is just like but that's no, what, but look, that's literally not, but,
0: but that's what analysis uh, analyzers of the game of baseball. I mean, I've seen an article and I would love to link it in a minute of how people have been comparing him to some of the greatest outfielders yeah, of our generation. I know you're comparing him. But let's not linger on that. Let's not linger on that. Let's continue on to the fact that he's our future center fielder. We hope and he could be a star. Maybe not Mike Trout level, but that's asking for too much. I think what he can be is you know a great center fielder with good speed, gets on base. Uh, He's got great pop. I mean, he looks unhuman for his age, and I mean, he's got some god given talent for the age of nineteen. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, the guy could has he and I think he's has gonna... he been even designated to a team yet. That's my like. I don't know. Uh, yeah, double a a, I think. Yet? No, he actually hasn't. No, the Yankees announced. A yeah. Couple of, no, no, no. Yeah, the Yankees announced not. a couple of days ago that he's not going to be playing. He's going to be at the extended spring training site down in Tampa. So he will not actually be playing in the minor leagues until further oh. notice. But their organization does believe that he's going to steamroll through AAA, AA, Double A, yada yada yada, all those things. The Yankees also have a young shortstop out of Del Barton High School out in New Jersey, Anthony Volpe. drafted in the first round in 2019. People think he's going to be great as well. So you got uh, a lot of young. Intriguing prospects. Not too many in the top hundred, as you think of other teams in the AL East, uh, such as Adley Rushman, the Orioles prospect who's a catcher out of uh, Oregon, I believe. But you know, there's just a bunch of there's just a bunch of talent, and I think Jason Dominguez is looking great. Evan, what do you think about uh, Jason Dominguez? Just, he, I think Aaron Hicks is a waiting room. I think Aaron Hicks is just going to be there until Jason Dominguez gets up.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless I mean, of course, uh, Dominguez is eventually going to get that starting job. When he comes up, I'm pretty sure it'll be immediate, too. I don't think there'll be any fight or any uh, resistance on the skip giving him that starting job. And, uh, you know, he hits balls very, very, very far. And from what I've seen from him and his swing, he does not – what's it called? He does not have any hitch in his swing. He does not have anything where – honestly, he could keep his swing right now, and I think he could produce at a high level on a high team whether it's double-A, triple-A, at only 19 years old.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, keep that age in specific, too. The guy can't even drink if they make the playoffs. I mean, (laughs) let's be honest now. Well, Juan Soto had a look. Looking at it, you got got a bunch of young guys who've came up and made a big impact. I mean, you got Soto, Acuna, all these young guys, outfielders as well, came up to the team respectfully, uh, in 2019, Soto kind of, I, I don't want to say carry. there was a lot of talent on that team, but he did play a significant part in the World Series. But I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, with the Yankees outfield situation, you know, it's not looking great. Aaron Judge is obviously great, but I've seen some, I want to know your guys' thoughts on this. I've seen a various amount of reports where people would like to acquire Trevor Story, D.H. Voigt. Put DJ to first and Glaber back to his natural position of second, and then put Stanton in the outfield and DH Voigt. I don't know how I feel about that, but I, you know I think people are jumping to conclusions a little bit. But I think the uh, it should be interesting. Uh, so,
2: so let me just kind of, kind of touch on that. That means bye bye Clint Frazier, right? Because he's not going to play center and he's not playing over Judge. So either you're you're putting a package together that's that's including Clint Frazier or you're saying you're, you're moving on from him John um, Carlos the Yankees have made it pretty clear that Stanton's a the so uh, I would love that imagine that lineup of DJ Stanton judge story Voit. like that is just I mean um, that 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 one through five alone DJ Stanton judge story Voit. that's the best one through five I can think of of course um, yeah. and and Torres, and then it's Urshela, and then, you know, if Higgy's defensively, about ninth, but ninth, you know, whatever you want to do.
0: Oh, you bring up a good point there, by the way. Higgy, let's talk about that real quick. I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off about what you were just talking about, but that's something that just jumped right to my mind. You mentioned Higgy. All right, so Higgy's been... Uh, Offensively up and down, he's got an OPS of over a thousand, but he hasn't batted too much. Uh, his OPS
2: just, is actually down to like nine hundred. Well, about. his
0: OPS is still good. I think defensively, he's miles ahead of Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is lazy. His uh, mechanics are uh, lazy. And yeah. I, and I well, think well
2: that, let's let's not be let's not be rude here. Yeah. I know we I know we have a negative opinion of Gary Sanchez. I think he's he 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 just doesn't look like he's totally. Ready in the box, it gives off this very lazy look, and that that Tampa series when he was just wasn't running at the box, and a series where the ball got by him, the ball bounced away, and I don't know who it was. Yeah,
0: a couple years ago. Yep, I remember all of it. Yeah, okay.
2: but I, I'm talking about I'm talking about the one in Tampa where he had a bad play. Obviously, he had the bad running play to first base, but he also blocked the ball. The ball got away. He walked to the ball, and a run scores because oh, he was yeah. just walking. Um, anyway, the thing is with Gary, you know, unfortunately with Sanchez, I think his time in the Bronx is, it's come and gone. Uh, he went from having the fastest career or the fastest, yeah, fastest career to 300, what was it? 100 home runs? 100? Something in the hundreds. (laughs) I think it was 100, fastest number of at bats to 100 home runs or something like that.
0: I think Alonzo,
2: I think Alonzo, uh, Uh, he doesn't have, he doesn't have 100 home runs, um,
0: no, Something like
2: that. Alonso.
0: Yeah, he got 63 home runs, or 53 home runs his first year. Yeah. I think he does. Anyway, I don't know. Evan, what do you think about the uh, future of the Yankees' catching position? Listen, I don't know too much about their prospects at catcher, but I think personally, at the moment, defensively, at the plate, I want Higgy. What about you, Evan?
1: Today, we actually have a guy in, I think it's high A. Was our first, Lower A or high A was our first-round draft pick. He has a very bright future. He's bought into the new era of catching and working on sweeping under the ball. And Higgy's that's also something Higgy has bought into both very, really coachable guys. Higgy is in my opinion,
0: one of the better catchers in the MLB. Um, What? I don't think he's uh, defensively, I guess, but definitely not yeah. at the plate.
1: Not at the plate, but like we, we, we've seen flashes of, of, I don't want to say greatness. We'll say, we'll, we'll let it sit at mediocreness of him hitting homers back to back, whatever. Yeah, like he's, he's good enough to stay in that lineup hitting wise, but defensively, we need him in the lineup no matter what. And I think we should keep him. I, whenever his contract is up, I think we should resign him, unless we're going to sign someone like. JT, because
0: in my well, just, eyes, in a lot of with a guy like that, Evan, I think you can just keep signing the, uh, arbitration. I think he's just going to be signing two million dollar deals until he actually produces insane yeah. numbers. But he's definitely great defensively. Yeah, continue on.
2: I think the reason why he's, I just want to jump in real quick. I think the re, I think the reason why he's in the lineup is because of his defense.
0: Yeah,
2: because perfect. Gary Gary because what, what makes Gary Gary so valuable is his offense because he's not that great behind the plate. Yeah. So Higgy's starting. He doesn't have to... He can be a 240 hitter. Higashio can have a 700 OPS and still start over Gary Sanchez because of his defense, his framing. Pitchers love pitching to him. They said it in the past. They hate the way he freaking uh, frames Gary Sanchez. He's on one knee. They hate it. But the Yankees still continue to teach him that.
0: Oh, I don't and, know the Yankees' catching coaches, but... That one knee stuff has really costed him defensively. No, it
2: doesn't make any sense. Garrett Cole has come out and said like I just like the the bigger frame. Like Higashioka is like his shoulders his both of his shoulders are like uh, like a plane level. And they are just straight up. He's just he's on his knees, like an athletic position, ready to catch the ball. He's making a big gotcha. target. It just works for Garrett Cole. It works for pitchers. The way Gary Sanchez does it, it's not.
1: I could jump in here with me being down at a baseball academy in Florida and seeing how these uh, these catchers train these guys who are gonna go to the next level. A lot of those guys like that one knee because they think they can get it get that lower pitch and they can sweep under it and get it up faster. And for some guys, you like some guys they're athletic and like some guys they can block, but usually when they do it, it's nobody on base. Sanchez would constantly do it with guys on base. And honestly, I think the only thing that helped was his throwdown to the second, which we all know he has a cannon for an arm, uh, one of the fastest pop times in the MLB. But, I mean, is that worth risking seven pass balls in a span of five games and
0: then losing a couple games
1: because of it? Uh, I just don't think so.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, they try to do a lot to adjust his arm and just, I guess, defensively overall, they might think that's better than him. But I think we all agree it's not uh... – I don't know if you do, Evan, but I, th- I think it's not good for him. But I want to move on to the MLB in total um, about how we're going to basically just break down what we think is going to happen in each division. Um, as of right now, I think the Yankees are at a good pace to win the AL East. I think the Red Sox pitching—I mean, you got Garrett Richards, Nathan Avaldi, and— um, you know, just a bunch of Eduardo Rodriguez. Erod, uh, of course. You have Erod, him. Those are their victory guys. And if you compare that to Klu- uh, Cole, Kluber, and Severino and healthy, that is unimaginably different. And I think the Yankees' mm-hmm. offense is much better as well. You got the Rays who are, you know, who aggressively went to trade Blake Snell and have a ton of young prospects. Uh, I mean the Orioles. I think we can all agree uh, suck. Uh, you know uh, that no hitter by John Means, by the way, was great. Uh, good for him. He's a great. Should have been up. a perfect game. Should have been a perfect game. Drop third strike. Should have been a perfect game. Worst rule in the MLB: drop oh. third strike.
2: Um, no, I don't. I don't the blame NBA. the rule. I blame the catcher, man. You the know, curveball's coming. Yeah, you there, you saw him. He didn't
1: different different get, different get down. Yeah. down. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like I saw the video and I was like, this man's got to be kicking himself at night. Like he, like there was, what was that one of the only no hitters with. uh with no hits, walks, uh, or errors, or something like that. Yeah, like, I think the ca- nobody, I think yeah. the catcher
2: was like secretly hoping the catcher was secretly ho- secretly hoping <laughs> that he didn't get a no hitter because it's it's like every time I, I know there's a Clayton Kershaw no hitter where the only guy that reached wasn't throwing error by um, I don't know the third base I don't know who was playing well, third base at the time, the but
0: stakes, you know, but I you know that definitely cost him because he had a great game. I mean. The Mariners weren't hitting him, obviously, no pun intended, but they also weren't getting on base. Uh, That one thing that happened was a strikeout, literally one of his 12 strikeouts, that game was, uh, you know, someone getting on base. I personally think it should be a perfect game. And with Madison Bumgarner, 7-inning no-hitter, I think I'm lukewarm on that, because a lot of people have gone through 7 innings of no-hit. The uh, Braves' offense was terrible that day. Zach Gallin threw 7 innings, 1 hit. Uh, Bumgarner threw 7 innings, no hits. I don't know if that should count personally, but Madison Bumgarner in that start looked pretty vintage, and I'm happy for him. He's had a rough couple of years after the dirt bike incident, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, the uh, young rotation of the Diamondbacks was Zach Gallen, uh, and a couple other young guys. I mean, Madison Bumgarner is the veteran of that group, but I hope he could pick it back up because Madison Bumgarner in his prime was unhittable.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I, think I agree.
0: How many no-hitters this year? How many no hitters is your? We, th- got three. we got three. We got three. We got redone. Three.
1: The most
2: is like nineteen something.
0: We got Radone, oh
1: Musgrove, and. So that and brings needs. up the. That brings up another uh, another uh, topic I want to like talk about. Like, what is it? The batting average in the MLB is at an all-time low right now, or one of the lowest it's been since I don't even know how long. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think that's something to do with the uh, with the thing that Trevor Bauer was bringing up with the pitcher using? Attack or sticky stuff on their hands. Well, to I think. The uh, spin rate. No, they've always done that. Yeah, they they've, they've done that for a
0: while. Evan, but I think what they're also the MLB notices what you just brought up, and they're they're practicing moving the mound back an inch. They're practicing all sorts of micro mechanics that might make it to the MLB and yeah, might I mean, actually uh, actually they might not. They may. Who knows? Uh, with Rob Manfred being the commissioner, uh, who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, so I think yeah. I think that but the thing is. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, something I want to top on is uh, they've been doing that tax stuff pine tar wise and like rosin and sunscreen wise, but they've been coming out with, who was it, the angels clubby who was uh, giving out substances that like were, he created and then what's it called, Bauer has gone, he's come out and said he's gone as far as um, contacting a chemist to make something that will increase his spin rate. And as a baseball player, Spin rate is insane. It can make like it can make the ball rise. Like it can just tad bits to where it's just sliding off your bat and it's a pop fly. Like it's an important important thing uh, in the new era of pitching. Uh, so, and I don't know how they can really crack down on it because pitchers are so good at hiding it. Oh, what do you think about that, Connor?
0: Well, uh, pitchers in general typically have the advantage. I mean. Yeah, you, gotta, you got everyone behind you. You got uh, you got everything on the hitter. You have more time. You have five days off to study the, who you're going to face and everything. So, yes, pitchers do unanimously probably have the advantage. But adding more advantage has to be investigated by the MLB. Because if you look at pine tar situations, if you look at Rose and Sunscreen, everything you mentioned, that definitely has another advantage to the hitter. Um, I don't know if this slow start has anything to do with the shortened season. Maybe it's just a coincidence. But it also could have to be with what you said before. Um, but I also think that the game is moving forward to... Uh, I think the game is too modern nowadays not to have a DH in the National League, okay? That's also something. You have the pitchers. The pitchers' combined batting average is probably like 100 or something, or in you know below the Mendoza line, obviously. But uh, it's ridiculously low. And I don't want to go to a game. Would you rather go to a game and see... Uh, let me just bring up a random pitcher. Charlie Morton or Kevin Gaussman hit, or would you rather see Nelson Cruz or John Carlos Stanton hit? Um, I think that could add an advantage to the hitters aspect. Of Charlie him. Morton, Charlie Morton.
2: Yeah, so. I mean, only idiots, only idiots say that.
0: Oh, shut up! Like, <laughs> what if he goes four for four with a bomb? Like, exactly. Uh, I know. I That's mean, cool. Gabriel, only I, idiots. You, you only know, idiots say you
2: know, Charlie Morton because look, the, Nelson Cruz and Chuck Collins didn't. The designated hitter is just entertainment. Well, I you just want entertainment two random
0: Well, well, yeah, you want entertainment, but uh, on the flip side, Gabriel, you know, actually hit a grand slam the other night for the Braves, which I was surprised. Oh, by.
2: good, good for him. I know, right? Now, uh, now he's the average from zero to 020
0: exactly something like that on a, real, on a real note what we need to do is have a unanimous dh i know our fellow friend joe morales begs to disagree he thinks that pitchers should just learn how to hit they should not be pos growing up you know this new generation of kids loves to call themselves pos and fuck you know say fuck batting at a young age uh i don't know i don't think that i think this game's moved on to the point where we need to implement a dh across the national league and keep it in the american league what do you think evan Cause it comes down to like,
1: what are the fans like? Homer's. If you can have an extra spot in the batting lineups, lineup where you got a DH who is literally getting paid money to hit the ball far and hit the ball hard, I think it's gonna bring in more attention to baseball from attention than it has, of course. But yeah, I think a universal DH has been well, well, well overdue, and uh, I I liked it. They used it
0: last year, right? In the COVID season. Oh, yeah, and Marcel Azuna actually led the league in ribbies, and he dh for the Braves, basically, so it looked good in the National League, and I yeah. think the teams actually liked it, so, yeah. Um, I um, think... It, it,
2: it basically turns decent teams into good teams. You add a, you, by the way, it also makes Nelson Cruz available to 15 other teams, because when you go to free agency, and you're a designated hitter, you're only available for half the market. So, you put a DH out there in National League, that's going to make br- the, to you know, to you get paid more money. To bring,
0: to bring something up really quickly, Albert Pujols, released by the Angels or DFA to either or. He's a guy, I mean, you don't want him at first base. He's a guy DH. I wonder, do you guys think he's going to be re-signed after that? I mean, he's had a great career. Struggled with Los Angeles. Help
2: the Cardinals, help the Cardinals get him.
0: Uh, the Cardinals, uh, so what is he going to do? If there's a
2: DH. If there's a DH. Oh, exactly.
0: uh, no, I don't think
2: it would work now, you know, honestly, obviously, because yeah. there's, you have Arenado and Goldschmidt, and that's about it. But if there's a DH, um, I think you bring back, um, bring back him for one year because exactly. Ujols is an all-time talent. He's an all-time player. He's definitely one of the best. One of the, one of, if not the best Cardinals player of all time. Look at well, Sam Musial, Bob Bob Gibson, but
0: Honest, Honest Wagner, yeah, all those guys. I think that um. Actually, what is going to happen is the DH will be implemented. But at the same time, I want to bring something up. These guys we grew up watching. Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols. They're at the end of their run. They really are. Uh, And it's sad to see. Uh, You know, A-Rod retired a couple years ago, Jeter. A lot of the all-time greats are fading away. And it's come to a time where um, new generations of all-time greats are coming. And I wonder what standard we're going to hold them to. So if we have to predict in 15 years, guys, who do you guys think? Our kids, or not our kids, or us. Who do you think in our mid ages are going to grow up watching in this generation? Who are five players that are sensational at the level of Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, A. Rod, all those guys? So who do you guys think? I'm gonna, you know,
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say a pitcher, and I'm gonna say Jacob Degrom, oh, um, I because because he what he's doing right now and what he has been doing is historic it's something that we're going to tell our kids and our grandkids that we got to watch Jacob deGrom pitch in his prime the same way that our grandparents tell us that they got to watch Nolan Ryan in his prime now I'm not saying Jacob deGrom is Nolan Ryan but he is doing Nolan Ryan type things right now he I know he had you know a bad start quote unquote I think he gave up two or three runs that's a bad start for him he's doing things that you haven't seen in 100 years on the mound. And he is so in control with the baseball that when he is pitching, every baseball fan is tuning in and just watching a masterpiece. He is in control of everything he does well, when, when he's pitching. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to bring up other four. There's a, there's a couple of players, but I'm saying in particular, in particular, Jacob deGrom, is an all-time talent, and that's somebody that in 10, 15 years or so, we're going to look back on and say, we got to watch that guy pitch in his prime.
1: Yeah. Um, I think someone that I, – I got five guys for sure that are, what's it called, going to, in my opinion, definitely going to be some guys who are, um, when we're like, whatever, 30, 40s, that they're going to be just coming out of their prime. Um, my number one guy is Kyle Lewis. Wow. What?
0: Yeah, I, I disagree. I I mean,
2: wait <laughs> a minute. What? Wasn't he a rookie last Kyle year?
0: Lewis? Yeah, twenty. Oh, bro, I we
2: bro, 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 like, bro, bro. We're, we're talking about
0: I guys don't know, in their thirties right now, or tw- late twenties, thirties. Who've been in the league. Oh, we're talking about.
2: We're talking oh. about. We're talking oh. about players that are gonna be like. Well, we got to watch that guy. Like if you were watching Albert Pujols in his prime, you're like, I remember when Albert Pujols was was in his prime. That's something you tell your kids. Like Uh-oh. that guy was the best hit on the planet. Kyle Lewis, <laughs> I don't think oh. he's in that category yet. Yeah. But I know. I, I mean, mean, does he have? Does he have the potential? I don't. Yeah. Nobody knows. But I don't think he's gonna be Miguel Cabrera. Won Rookie of
0: the Year last year. But uh, yeah, just five guys who were, like you know in the age group oh. of Trout, huh. Bumgarner, you know that kind of you know. Thing. Yeah. So who do you who do you got? So.
1: uh. Trout, of course, you just brought up that I wasn't even thinking about that. Trout, um, who else was I thinking? Garrett Cole, probably pitching wise. Yep. So, do we say Justin Verlander has run out of gas and he's not in his
0: prime anymore, or not? We'll see what he looks like when he comes back. He would be in my top twenty. I mean, the guy is. I don't what? Think really? Really?
2: Oh my goodness, he is on. He's a Hall of Famer, man. Come on. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, He is, uh, of course he's a Hall of Famer, but he uh, has been slowing down as of late, and I think that we need to start of just, I, I'm valuing batters more here. I think five guys off the top of my head here. Uh, Trout, obviously. Stanley, Harper. Money. Trout. Um, y- you know, I, I, I dude, Harper was so good a couple years ago. Um, Giancarlo. Giancarlo. I mean, there's so many people. Joey Votto, I think, has had a great career. Uh, he very underrated career. Played with a bad organization and has kept it through. Um, uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, arguably one of the best pitchers we've seen. Um, great lifetime stats. Just just everything about him. Uh, still going at the at an older age. I know he had a bad outing the other day. But looking at it all around, oh, I think. Just a lot of guys in that age group. We've had we got lucky with the amount of good ballplayers we got to see. But yeah, I just want to move on now to talk about who do we think is going to win the NL East. I'm very confused here because you know what? There's five teams right now who are two games within each other. Um, You know, you got the Braves, Mets, uh, Phillies, Nationals, and Marlins. Five teams that if you put them in any other division, they're competing. It's a good division, I think. I think it's a close division and a good division. Nationals won the World Series uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, the Mets had a great offseason. Uh, the Braves uh, almost went to the World Series last year. were a couple outs away from doing so. The Marlins made the playoffs last year. The Phillies have signed a lot of guys, spent a lot of money. So I think that's a good division. I think the record right now doesn't show they're great. But I do think that's going to be a, definitely a close division towards the end. I do... This has been a very underrated pick of me. I do think... with. How great they've been in the past couple of years. The Washington Nationals can win that division. They won it a couple years, or they, they they won the World Series a couple of years ago, and they got off to a bad start. They're not off to a great start. They're not off to a bad start either. But I think the Nationals are a team to look at, and I think in the future the Marlins are a team to look at as well. I do think that it's going to be between be between the Mets, Braves, and Nationals this year, though, for that division, respectfully. Yeah, I'll go
2: next. I think it's the Mets at
0: least. Uh, yeah, NL East. NL East, it's
2: the Mets. It's the Mets, because I'll tell you why real quick, and I'll let Evan go right after me. Um, When healthy, so let's assume they're healthy. The rotation's uh, secretly top three in the league. DeGrom is a 1A pitcher. Syndergaard, Stroman, Carrasco, those guys are... That is some serious pitching right there. Not to mention Joey Lucchesi, if they have him. Um... So that's one, that one through five is very solid. Joey Lucchesi is a very solid MLB pitcher. And if you go in the lineups, they have Alonzo, McNeil, Lindor, Conforto, Tom Smith, Brendan Nimmo, um, James McCann behind the plate. Very solid catcher. He is going to get better. Um, their bullpen is you know, a little shaky given, but Trevor May, Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo, and... The guy they found from uh, Baltimore, what's his name? Miguel Castro. The, uh, the right, yeah, Miguel Castro. Um, that that four right there has been very productive for the Mets. So I think the Mets are a really solid team. Uh, coming from a Yankees fan, I think you could see them in October potentially a wild card. I think in a wild card game you take the Mets because they're gonna have Jacob deGrom. But mm. I think they have the the talent to win the division though for sure. That's what I got.
0: Yeah, exactly. Jacob DeGrom is such an incentive for a one-game series. That's why I favor the three-game wild card because of the fact that a great mm-hmm. team can make up from having one bad game. If you look at the Nationals, I mean the Nationals. Excuse me, sorry. The uh, Rays a couple years ago, and along with the Athletics, when the Yankees played them. I'm not saying they would have beat the Yankees, but there's a lot of great teams that are making the wild card game just to lose after one game, and it's kind of depressing. I think a three-game wild card series is great for the game. I don't think an extended playoffs is good for the game at all, though. I think it's a bailout for bad teams. I'm not going to go too much onto that, but I just, uh, you know, I I want to hear what you have to think, Evan, about uh, the situation about the NL East. Um. So, the Phillies? You think the Phillies are gonna win that
1: division? Really? No, I'm saying, what's up with them? I mean, McCut. I mean, I, I don't want to say win because honestly, well, my two picks are sleeper, sleeper, sleeper picks.
0: Um. Let's hear it. We're not gonna hate you for the it, Marlins. Marlins wow. are one of them. Uh, listen, I, me and Jay actually went to a couple Marlins spring training games. I've been to a couple games. They have a great young rotation. Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Sixto Sanchez. Um, and they got that young guy that just won NL Rookie of the Month. Um, forget his last name, actually. But they have a good young rotation. I yeah. do not think they're going to win the division just, I, just yeah. yet. But I do think that they're definitely a good team that's going to come up with Derek Jeter being the owner. I mean, um, they, they, you know, they got a good baseball knowledge in the – Not only the clubhouse, but the upper level of management. So yes, I do think that the Marlins are a good upcoming team. Uh, I think they got to get some things together with Lewis Brinson and a couple other so-called great prospects. But I, you know, they couldn't have kept. They don't have the money to keep Ozuna, Stanton, Yelich. You know, everyone. You know, in that group that was great at the time. But I do think the Marlins are coming back. I think they're going to be good. I do not think they're going to win the division. Um, I think there's some teams that are a little bit more developed. But yeah, you're right. That was that was an absurd pick. Well, it wasn't uh, an yeah, absurd because they made the I, playoffs I, yeah, last year. I mean, you know, <laughs> they yeah, didn't make the
2: this thinking... year. Let's well, be honest; it's <laughs> absurd.
0: Yeah, it's absurd.
2: Yeah, probably. It's absurd. Mets. They have there's three of they. They're the fourth or fifth best team in their division, probably fifth. So yeah, it's a good
0: division. Now, yeah. Um, but you um, know. yeah, you can continue. Yeah, probably. I I
1: I'd say Mets or Braves are probably the front runners. In this division, uh, yeah. because they, I mean, yeah, like, like Jay said, the rotation is beside DeGrom. It's you got DeGrom, Stroman, Walker. Uh, I don't know the rotation very well. Walker,
0: yeah. and then you they got, got a guard coming back, and they're back. The, the, the what's going to kill them is Lucchese, uh, Lucchese, and uh. David Peterson, and they are bad. That's a bad back rotation. When when Severino gets back, real quick. Okay,
2: okay. Joey Lucchesi.
0: How do you pronounce his last name? Lucchesi, Lucchesi. I don't even know. Just continue. I don't know.
2: Lucchesi, Lucchesi. Whatever you pronounce it. Lucchesi doesn't matter. <laughs> he's a really good five starter. I mean, he is. He was a solid pitcher for San Diego. Came to the Mets as a. He's going to be their five guy, if even he might be their six guy, depending on who's hot. David Peterson, Joey Lucchesi. So. You look at those two guys as a five starter. He's going to pitch, one, you know, once every five games. Not going to be there in the playoffs. Just there to win games against the Miami Marlins to to win games against the Pirates. You know, <laughs> r- rack up those wins against
0: those bad teams.
2: Just like Ron did in he's a Decent years. lefty. He's a decent lefty. So listen. He's been
0: terrible th- so far. He pitched Jay. He pitched two. Well, Lindor, he pitched
2: two seven runs. Lindor has been terrible, and Glavio Torres has zero home runs. So I rest my
0: case. Okay. Well, before we wrap things up, I'm just going to uh, just go on real quick about uh, how I think the Yankees are doing. I think the Yankees are doing well so far, and you guys will each have a chance to answer this. I think the Yankees are doing well. Um, I think the Yankees will continue to do well. I mean, we got a series coming against the Nationals, and we're in a pretty—I uh, would say we have a couple— uh, teams in our division. I think the Red Sox and Orioles are actually the worst teams in the division. I think the Red Sox are up to a good start. I think they're a beatable team when we play them. I think the Yankees might finish finish above the 100 win line. They got a good team. You got Luke Voigt coming back. Things are looking better. All right, things are looking better. So I'm I'm happy with the Yankees' progress from uh, five games below 500 or four games or something in that ball range. Uh, but it's looking better, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, looking forward for when Severino comes back. Looking forward to for when Britton comes back. Things have been pretty good, and I think we're going to continue to do well as we just did in our past six games.
1: I completely agree. Uh, I think we just keep dominating. Honestly, right now, John Carlos Stanton looks unstoppable. Maybe a prelude to what uh, what he's going to do this year. Hopefully, he'll do the same as what he did in 2017, what we signed him for. Oh, yeah. uh, continue to do this, and uh, hopefully, he just stays hot. Hopefully, the rest of the team can get hot. Hopefully, Hakes can figure it out, and so can Frazier. And um, I think we're going to have a 100-plus-1 season, and hopefully we do not choke the ALCS. Well,
0: hopefully, we like, don't we che- hopefully, hopefully, we don't get cheated on either.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. you know. Luke!
2: Luke Foyt's coming back. He's going to be oh, a yeah, spark plug in get- this lineup. Luke Floyd, He's once he comes back, man, this lineup is going to look like a lineup again. No more Tyler Wade. I know more. Mike you know Ford. those guys. No more Mike Ford. Goodbye, Mike Ford. You were good for two games when you walked three times and then you hit a homer.
0: And he's also good defensively, but we're not going
2: to. Yeah, no, you're right. You are right. But Luke Voigt can pick it. I mean, he's not great defensively by any stretch. Guys of hit any, forty
0: home runs just, in a healthy season. But
2: exactly, but. Luke Voigt can pick it. You have seen him pick it. Plus, he actually plays first base. Jay Bruce is not a first baseman. Anyway, we're going to have a, uh, a competent first baseman. It's, the, it's with, the curse
0: of Jay Bruce. Ever since Jay Bruce left, we have the best record in the American League. I think that's all it was.
2: I think so. I think Any, anyway.
0: Too,
2: too. Yeah, Yankees, Yankees, they're going to be all right. They're going to face, uh, you know, Scherzer and Washington. But I, I know they lost that last game. We're playing at home. It was, yeah, it was a winnable game. I think we'll be all right. By the way, congratulations to Serger on his child.
0: Yeah, congratulations to a lot of people Uh, so far with their great starts. And, of course, Serger with his complete game rushing to the hospital see his new baby. So, yeah, uh, I think we had a successful podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it to wrap things up. Uh, If you guys enjoy it, please subscribe to our uh, altar, and I appreciate it. Have a great day, everyone, and thank you very much. Follow us.